Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 288, and we're going to be talking about our travels in Montenegro and Albania, as well as giving you some tips about travel in Dublin. We're coming to you today from Berat in Albania. This is the southernmost city we're going to make it to, but there's a lot more country further south. Yeah, we're recording live. Which I think is the funniest thing to say. I mean, recording live. <laughs> there was an ad on TV once. It was a, a nappy sand ad, and it said recorded live. And I was like, how else do you do it? Anyway, we're recording this in uh, a private room at Berat Backpackers. And yeah, it's, it's nice. Cold, though. It was really cold last night. Yeah, the temperatures at the moment are really high and really low. Yeah. Um, high in the sun and, and cold when out of it. But we started our week in Kator, and our first clip for you today is uh, the bells of uh, Kator. We started this week by leaving Kator, which was one of the favorite, my favorite places we'd been the week previously. Yeah, it was really beautiful. A great little, I don't know, a little snug town on the banks of a river with a, a fortress up behind. It was, it was brilliant. Unfortunately, it was drizzling a bit when we left and we made it to the bus station in the drizzle and a bus was just pulling out. So a quick thinking attendant motioned to the driver, asked us where we were going, stopped the driver. We got on. It was brilliant. So good. It, well, it was Indiana Jones style timing only spread out over a five minute interaction. Yeah. But yeah. We, we just made it on in the nick of time. That's right. No rolling leaps or anything like that. But I felt like it was. <laughs> Now, on this trip, we were going from Kator to Podgorica, which is the capital of Montenegro, but we spent the bulk of our day in a seaside town called Budva. Yeah, it's one of the places that are recommended that you visit. It's a medieval walled city, and it's very pretty, quite small. Um, I would recommend just having a day there, which is what we did. I don't think you really need to spend much time there. Well, it's also the nightlife capital of Montenegro. So over summer, they have a lot of clubs open, international DJs coming down, parties on the beach, yeah. all that kind of thing. So, That's true. There are lots of beaches. So if you're a summer partier, then it's a good place for you. Yeah, it's like a very, very, very cheap Ibiza by the sounds <laughs> of it. But we were there off-season, and so it was quiet just on the verge of being warm enough to swim um, but certainly not uh, packed beaches or packed city yeah very well, pleasant cafes though yeah we had a great coffee in a nice little cafe we we had been staying at montenegro hostel couture and we're going on to montenegro hostel podgorica and they also have one in budva so we stopped in and met the the manager left our bags there and wandered around the town it was a nice little hostel with uh, i think it was eight beds in each room and each room also has its own private kitchen it was quite cool so everyone told us not to go to Podgorica. In fact, our original plan for Montenegro was to go to Podgorica for four days and sit and catch up on writing and work. And uh, when we were talking to people and emailing people, they were like, you, you don't want to go to Podgorica. There's, there's nothing in Podgorica. Avoid Podgorica. There's, there's nothing of touristic value. But we quite liked it. I mean, there wasn't a lot to do and see, but it has a really nice vibe and there were things to do. I mean, there's a, a really nice bridge that we saw and I loved the market. It's uh, really quite a large room with uh, stalls all set out quite far apart from each other. So there's lots of space. It's really clean. So that's all green stuff on the, on the ground floor. And then on the mezzanine is uh, clothes and, and other products. Craig bought a couple of pairs of socks because he was running low. And then he went to buy a pair of boxes at another stall, and the woman gave him two pairs of socks for free. So now he's kind of overwhelmed by socks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to 
give some of those away to one of the uh, the Helpix workers here, I think. Yeah, it was funny. We were just talking to a, a group of them, and she was like, okay, so I've got one pair of socks that I need to wear today, but I also need to wash. And we were like, we can give you some socks. You'll also have to wash them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Podgorica has no big standout attractions, but I found it really refreshing. After the last 10 days of being in like tourist hotspot cities, to just be in a city where there's normal people going shopping, sitting in the bars, playing chess on the sidewalks, and just doing life Mm -hmm. without, you know, big groups of people walking through. That's right. And, uh, yeah, so it felt really refreshing. We found a great restaurant. That would be my number one tip for Podgorica. There's a a newish-looking, well-upkept stone building near the clock tower in the center of town, which is a grill and uh, the food there is simply amazing. Yeah, and one good thing about uh, Montenegro is that they use the euro. It's not an official euro country. They're not allowed to print their money, but they are allowed to use it. And it means, because we've been living in the eurozone, it means we can understand the currency. It's been quite funny since we've been in Albania because the, the official currency is the lek, but quite often people give prices in, in euro. And you can pay in euro or lek, but it's just easier to understand. Every time I talk in lek, I have to kind of translate it to myself. I was just talking to this guy from Canada um, about how much our dinner cost last night, which wasn't very much. And I said, oh, it was 800 lek. You could see him thinking. I'm like, that's eight Canadian dollars. He's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we planned to go from there down to uh, Škodra, which was our first Albanian city. But the bus link that we had found online hasn't actually existed for two to three years. Yeah. Someone really should update the uh, the website there. No, I think it was <laughs> my fault. I, I found oh, really? it somewhere and I was like, oh, good. And I didn't do t- enough research to uh-huh. find out if it actually still existed. And when I went back to research it, the websites that I found did say that it didn't exist. So, you know, <laughs> my fault. But there was a link from Podgorica to Škodra. You just had to take a bus to Ulsung, which was on the coast of Montenegro, and then from there to Škodra. But the only bus from Ulsing was at 12.30. So we had to make sure we got there before then. That was no problem. There was a bus from Podgorica at 10 to 10. And we got there with plenty of time. So that was great. But on the bus from Ulsing to Škodra, we met a couple who were traveling from Kotor to Tirana. And they had to go from uh, Kotor to Bar. And then from Bar to Ulsing. And then from Ulsing to Škodra. And then from Škodra to Tirana. So <laughs> I think that's why... Uh, the people at Montenegro Hostel have created a uh, Albania Montenegro transfer. transfer. <laughs> yeah, it's direct. Um, another thing that made our trip easy was that the Montenegro Hostel <coughs> in Pogorica is just I don't know 200 meters away from the bus station. It was less than well, it was about a three minute walk to uh, to get there, and yeah. that really really helped. So we managed to get to our next hostel, Mikasa Stukas in Škodra, with no problems. That was great. We got dropped off at, well, in the middle of the street because Škod, well, Albania doesn't have bus stations. But uh, our directions were fine and we found the hostel with no problem. And that was really lovely. It had a really nice atmosphere. We hung out with lots of cool people, so that was great. I think the highlight of our time in Škodra was going up to the castle mm. and uh, taking photos up there. That was brilliant. We saw all sorts of cool things along the way. like Yeah, do you want to do your snapshots? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was brilliant. So on Facebook, I, I wrote about the, I think it was five or six snapshots of Škodra. And uh, the first one was, I was stopped to take a photo of a building across the road. And uh, a car was coming along the road, and I waited for it to pass, but it stopped so that I could take the photo. 
it was hilarious. The next one, uh, I was with this cute, uh, Canadian guy, Vincent, we were wandering around. We found the station and uh, we climbed onto this abandoned train carriage. I looked out the window and there was a, a guard in a patched up purple suit kind of looking at us curiously. And we, we went out and we're like, sorry, sorry, we're just taking photos. And he said, ah, photography. And that was it. No. <laughs> <laughs> then when Craig and I were walking to the, to the castle, there were two horses in the middle of the road, the main road. And they were quite unconcerned, just standing there. All the cars were just casually swerving around them. No problem. Then the next one was we were walking up the hill towards the castle. And uh, a man was shouting at someone in the car beside him. So he was on the curb. The car was obviously on the road. And the person in the car was trying to parallel park. When we looked in, we noticed that it was being driven by a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, the kid was so tiny. <laughs> it was hilarious. Then when we got to the castle, we paid for our... Well, we had to wake up the attendant to pay our fare to get in. And uh, he gave us sweets instead of tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, we would have been recommended this particular restaurant to go and have dinner at. So we went there and we said, can we see a menu? And the answer was, no menu. We're like, okay. <laughs> so we, we sat down and they brought us food and it was delicious. And we spent a grand total of about three euros per person. It was magic. So yeah, Skodra was great. And then we went on to the capital of Albania, Tirana. Yeah, and uh, I like Tirana. We had a long walk from the drop-off point to our hostel. We were staying at Trippin Hostel, which is near uh, the Green Market. So it was, it was maybe, what, 25 minutes walk. So yeah. I was quite ready to put down my bag by it's, that point. It was 15 minutes from the, the Skodra Fergon stop, because all of these minibuses, they just... They, they tend to congregate in the same place. So yeah. if you know your way around, you know, like this street corner is for Skodra and this street corner is for Berat yeah. and so on. So from there into the center of town was about a good 15 minute walk. But then from the center to the hostel was seven or eight minutes. Yeah, less than 10. So yeah, yeah. that was good. Yeah. And it was a nice hostel. It had, I think it had four dorms. We had a private room on the ground floor. Breakfast was included. Everyone was really friendly. The decor was really nice. It's mm. only been open for about six months, and the the owners told us they basically just collected stuff. Yeah. And since a lot of the stuff was old, they've, <laughs> they've decided to go with the old school feeling, and it's worked out really well. Well, one of the owners used to own a, a second-hand store and like a, a boutique in Rome. Uh -huh. And um, so, yeah, that vintage look is, has been pulled over to the hostel. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not an interesting place, Tirana, but at the same time, it's a really interesting place. Once again, it's somewhere that isn't a tourist hotspot, um, but there's still plenty of things to see for one or two days. Yeah. We went to the gypsy market and bought some honey and other bits and pieces. We wandered around the city, saw the pyramid, which was built as a, a museum uh, during the Soviet times and was going to be the mausoleum of the Albanian dictator. Uh, we went to the block, which is where the nightclub district is. We didn't go at night. We're kind of boring like that. <laughs> and yeah, just did a whole bunch. Just, just wandered around. Just some okay the... cafes and stuff yeah. in that area. I mean, nothing, nothing flash, but... We had a good espresso somewhere, and some places look quite nice. Apparently, the museum slash art gallery is really nice, but we didn't go. Uh, yeah, we, we got told by someone we must go, and someone else it was a waste of money. So I think it depends on... We had enough on, to do. ...on your opinion, yeah. But we certainly did. But the highlight of Tirana, um, in fact, the highlight of everywhere, has been the amazing food. Yeah, for sure. We've had a great time. I mean, the food is great, especially, what's it called? That Fergese, I think. Fergese, yeah. It's got... It's a cheese dish, like feta-ish. Yeah, like 
feta and cottage cheese. And it's got eggplant or peppers. Sometimes it's got meat in it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's all kind of mushed up. And yeah, yeah it's delicious. So and we had a bit of an adventure yeah. getting Tia to bear out because we couldn't <laughs> find the Furgon stop. And we were asking around and eventually a, a Furgon driver took us in hand. He's like, I'm going to Vlore. You can come with me to this town and then it will change and I'll make sure you get on it. And he was saying all this in Albania. And we're like, well, we kind of like to just go straight to Vlore. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he pulled someone over and made him translate and we'd understood, but it was fine. So we were like, okay, 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 we'll go with you. We just wanted to get on, get on moving. So he, um, yeah, and he did. He, he managed to find uh, a different Furgon for us when we stopped at the city and we transferred over and it was absolutely fine. So we made it to Berat without any problems, just a bit of an adventure. And then we're staying here at Berat Backpackers. That was, well, we got the Furgon to stop by a bridge. We had to cross the bridge and then walk up the cobbled old streets of this area of town. And once we yeah. arrived, we found Vincent, the Canadian guy. And, like, <laughs> and then we checked in and went for a walk up the hill to see the sunset. We saw the yeah. sunset. It was nice. That's amazing. There's the ruins of an old Illyrian fortress up there. So they're like, there's this pre-Roman fortress up on top of the hill about i don't know 500 meters straight up if you could go there but a 20 20 30 minute hike if you're walking around the mountain i think it's 500 meters i think you're exaggerating oh yeah oh no that you're right the walk down was really long it's maybe one kilometer straight up (laughs) (laughs) anyway we got up there and we started out on the way down but we we didn't go down we just went along and turns out we'd missed the way down so we came back found the steps and we we're kind of making our way down in the darkness by the light of a, an iphone lantern we made it it was fine craig reckons it was the best adventure ever yeah it's fun it's always good when you don't know where you're going and you can't see the path and the light is failing Whatever. and yeah great fun great fun well, we're going to leave you with uh, the sound of Shkodra. We started with the, the church bells of Kator. So here's one of the imams uh, doing the call to prayer from a, a minaret. Uh, minaret. Well, I'm in the mood to talk about Dublin because I've just listened to a, I won't call it lovely, I've just listened to a re-endition of Linda Martin's taking out the 1992 Eurovision Song Contest with Why Me? And it's left me wondering, why me? <laughs> why? It, it, was, why? it was stunning. I mean, when we were in Dublin recently... Every time I pulled out my passport or introduced myself to someone, someone would say, Ah, do you know that in Ireland we have a a singer called Linda Martin? And I would have to say, yes, yes, I do. Thank you, yes. Because really, it happened over and over again. And uh, I don't think I reacted strongly enough because I just kind of was quite neutral in my, yes, I I know, thank you. But oh my goodness, (laughs) that was, well, I, I just don't want people to think of, why me when they think of me yeah i i would not recommending i would not recommend looking that one up on youtube no don't don't um it is early 90s plus eurovision and there's not enough that terry wogan could say about that <laughs> i feel like we do need terry wogan in the room to commentate. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway so we're talking about dublin we've just spent um well, probably about five or six days in Dublin. Hmm. And we were also there five or six years ago. So we're going to talk about the things that we did in both of our visits. Yeah, and hopefully that will help you 
kind of set up a an itinerary or get some ideas about visiting Dublin. It's the UNESCO City of Literature, which seems like a bit of a weird thing, right? How can you have a, a city of literature? No, I completely understand. So many there are so many Irish writers out there. I mean, it seems like every second book I pick up is by a, by an Irish person. And there's the Trinity College Library. That's something we did when we were in Dublin the first time. Because we both love to read, this was our number one thing to do. So that's something that I'd recommend. Go and see. What is it, the Book of Kells? Yeah, the Book of oh, Kells is a so really many. beautiful object. You have to queue for it most of the time, but it's so worth it. And there were so many other really, really, really beautiful books as well, you know. Yeah. Handwritten, hand-illustrated Oh my goodness. Yeah, all these old manuscripts and then these impressive big kind of floor-to-ceiling bookcases and uh, in kind of big open multi-story rooms. Um, if you're into into books, either as a reader or from a design perspective, it is a must-see. Would you say that was your number one thing to do or what would you recommend as your oh. number one thing to do in Dublin? Yeah, you know, I don't really have a number one, but it, it would definitely be up there. I... We didn't have time for me to feel like I missed going back and, and doing that again. Mm -hmm. But um, if we had had another few days there, I would have probably gone and done it again. Well, it, was thing, so, it was so good. Another thing we did while we were last there was uh, Kilmanham Jail, which I don't remember a lot about. I remember it being quite interesting. It's one of these old jails where you can tour around and see the cells. Yeah, it was... Um, yeah, it was very similar to um, the old Victorian jail in old Melbourne, Melbourne jail, the yeah. old Melbourne jail. And that was what kept on echoing through mm -hmm. my mind the whole time, like the layout of the cells, the amount of space that people had, and things like that. Um, it was famous because of a, well, it was famous because it was the city jail, and there was this whole Victorian thing about having prisoners living in the light to, to bring their souls closer to the light and mm -hmm. things like that. So it's part of that whole Victorian aesthetic. Um, but yeah, there was a big revolt that kind of kicked off or kicked up there. Mm. And I can't remember that story, but I remember it being a, a turning point in the history of the city. Well, some things that we do remember was our recent trip. And a couple of things I enjoyed doing was just wandering around. We walked through the, well, we didn't go through the cathedral, but we walked through the park in front of uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral, and I also wandered through St. Stephen's Green. We were lucky enough to have some quite good weather while we were in Dublin. I mean, Ireland is famous for rain, really famous. And in fact, people kept apologizing for the weather. We thought it was spectacular. I mean, we had yeah, a couple of late soft September, days. early October. Yeah, we had some drizzly days, but we actually had three or four sunny days. And then, yeah, I didn't feel like I needed the umbrella at all. I love that Irish use of the word soft. Yeah. Soft means it's not raining very hard. Yeah, it's, it's kind of drizzle. It's a, it's a lovely soft day today. It means like, it's just drizzling. Yeah. It's not actually raining. But quite light drizzle. It's quite specific. And I used it once. I was being sarcastic. We were leaving the TVX um, conference that we were at. And we were with a group of people. And it was drizzling very lightly. And I said, oh, it's a lovely soft day today. And this guy, <laughs> who I forgot was with us, um... Uh, Corey from Irish Fireside. So he writes and podcasts about Ireland. He was like, oh, look, you put the lingo down. <laughs> I was being a bit snarky. Oh, well. <laughs> Smooth. Um, what well, a nice area to walk, um, to my mind, is just all the way along the river. Mm. Um, and then if you've done that and not sure where to go, along the canal, um, probably about three or four blocks back, that canal side area was really nice with the locks going and boats yeah. going up and down. And 
it was a lot quieter, a lot more local, a lot more suburban than all the shops and bars and things along the Liffey, the main river that runs through town. But they're both very nice to walk along. Yeah, I really enjoyed being by the water. I think that's something that we always like is being Mm. by the water. So although Dublin doesn't have a a seafront, it does have lots of water around. Uh, This time around we stayed in Temple Bar and we have gone backwards and forwards a few times trying to figure out the meaning of Temple Bar because (laughs) there's no temple, but there's this big impressive temple-like building and then bar is related to law, like the legal bar and things like that. Craig's so been got, making up definitions. He's got nothing to do with He's that. been making things up. I I'm thought I had nothing to do with anything. And, well, it turns out I was right, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> was it Wikipedia you looked up, darling? It was, yeah. Yeah, so according to Wikipedia, it's just named after the Temple family. So it really, it's just the name of the area. Nothing exciting. So we were staying in Barnacles Hostel, which is right next to the Temple Bar bar. And uh, it was quite, it was quite lively, shall we say. So we're right in the centre of town. Great hostel, but uh, I'd recommend a room on the top floor to get away from the noise. Yeah, it was a neat place and right in the centre of everything. If you're going to go and have a few nights out and and live it up large at night, it is definitely the place to be. For sure, great location. Because there's live music happening just next door. There's busking on the streets. There's a mountain of pubs and clubs just all around it you're really in the center of everything and if you're there to do sightseeing and that kind of stuff it's also really central yeah close to everything um but yeah where we were um on the second floor i think was just still a little bit too loud first floor yeah Yeah. just still a little bit too loud off the the street noise yeah i think if you're going out to party it's perfect doesn't matter which floor you're in because you'll be coming home at the same time as everyone else but if you want to sightsee if you want to you know, go to bed a bit earlier, get a private room on the third floor. Mm. Now, one thing that I didn't mind getting up early in the morning to do was go to the old Jameson's distillery. Now, my idea of early, I yes, must I was admit, going to say. is that the tour started at 10 o'clock. So I had to, to get up and, and get to the distillery before 10 o'clock. Yeah, that was the first tour of the day. So Yeah, and we got the last two spaces on the tour. It yeah. was unbelievably lucky. We were very lucky. We were also lucky because... Um, they, they show you a video, a reenactment of a, of a scene at the distillery back in the day. And then after this video, the guide asks for volunteers. And the, if you are a volunteer, then that means you get to do a whiskey tasting at the end. So only eight people are chosen, and we were among the eight, thank goodness, because I really, really wanted to do the whiskey <laughs> tasting. And it was great. Yeah, well, every entry gets you either a, uh, a, a single measure of whiskey or a whiskey cocktail. Um, but then, yeah, these eight people get to do a, a three-measure... Like a comparison. Um, ...tutored tasting, yeah. Scotch, bourbon, and Irish whiskey. Yeah, it was really fun. So I enjoyed that. And the other thing I enjoyed was um, going to the Guinness Storehouse. We didn't really go to the Guinness Storehouse because we were there uh, for a party as part of TBX. But we did make our way through the ex- um, exhibits, and we got to do a tasting there as well, which was kind of a Charlie and the Chocolate factory-like experience because we were led into one room and there was steam. Led led through a long white corridor through a door. Yeah, into a room with steaming pillars and a a guide explained what would happen and some people behind the bars were pulling pints, except they weren't pints, they were shot glasses. (laughs) They were were mini pints. (laughs) 
they were they were tiny. So we all took one of the the little shot glasses of Guinness and then went into another room where another guide guided us through the tasting procedure. You could see that it was really set up for big groups of people to be to be funneled through. And I think there were seven of us, so it was a little bit small. And then we made our way upstairs and uh, joined in the party. Yeah, it was great. Keeping with the drinking theme, um, because it's a place to do it, and it's certainly something that we did a lot of. There are some beautiful, beautiful bars oh, around yes. the place. I'm not talking like, like disco clubs, just like places to go pubs. for a drink, cafes, pubs. We went to some beautiful places. The first place was Café on Seine. Yes, that was amazing. Oh my goodness, the decoration is so lavish, so intricate. I just wanted to sit around and look at it all day. Yeah, it was all very kind of art deco, age of indulgence. I felt like we should be smoking opium and lying on couches in the back. It I felt was... severely underdressed. I thought <laughs> I should be wearing a, you know, like an afternoon cocktail dress kind of thing. Mm. But I wasn't. Very breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Uh, we also visited the Odeon, which was quite a fun pub. It was more of a, a pub than a, a bar or a cafe. And uh, I think it must have been an old theatre or something like that. I'm not it's, sure. It certainly looked like it. Like it looked like some kind of Greek, um, I don't know, palace or theatre or something from the mm-hmm. front with these big columns and kind of arched roof. Yeah. And then inside, yeah, it was, it was very, I don't know, warm. There was a huge bookcase up on one end. There were nice kind of seats to lots sit and chat in. Mm-hmm. And lots of, yeah, lots of little spaces. And the other two we went to certainly did used to have... Uh, a different function. <laughs> yes. uh, the market used to be a market, and uh, the church used to be a church. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> well, it was surprising when we were having some drinks next to the DJ booth, and um, he was standing in front of a big plaque that was uh, talking about how it was sacred to the memory of John. And <laughs> I can't remember his wife, but yeah, we had a couple of drinks for for John and the family, <laughs> and it, it was quite surreal. It was a really really cool bar. I liked it a lot. And the market was nice too. We didn't. We were actually sitting just outside of the market hall space, but it was yep. a, a nice big area, a good place for a drink. Yeah, if you're looking for someone for a casual drink, I would definitely look up any of those four just for the, the mise-en-scene, the, the stuff around. It's really cool. Really cool. Um, anything else about Dublin? No, I think you just have to go. Go to Dublin. Yeah. It's great. Well, the things I think of are the um, public transport. Coming in by train is easy. Yeah. You come in by the train and you want to go almost anywhere in Dublin, you just follow the river. Yeah. That's it. That'll take you right into the heart of everything. Mm-hmm. Then you go where you need to. The bus was also really easy coming in from the airport. Yeah. We, um, how much was it? It was like 280. 280. Mm-hmm. And just and 260 maybe. straight in a public bus, straight into the middle of town. Number no 16. Problems. Yeah, it was really yeah. easy. We had to wait a little while because we just missed one by five minutes. I think, we'd, yeah, I think it went every half hour. Every or so. 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was great. It was funny for us because we'd just spent so much time in Germany and Austria and, and Spain. So we spent a lot of time speaking German and Spanish or pretending to speak German and Spanish probably. And uh, when we arrived in Dublin Airport and we were looking for the bus stop to catch the bus, there was a, a guy hanging around, obviously just a, like a helper, someone who could give directions. And yeah, I could go up to him and ask him in English <laughs> and understand the response. It was brilliant. That's amazing. I know some people would say they've asked for directions in Ireland and not understood the response, but he must have been employed for his clear, clear <laughs> international accent. You could, I, when I was talking to him, you could hear him trying, just turning on his comprehension meter in case that I didn't say 
I didn't speak clearly. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. happens a lot for us Kiwis too. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. So yeah, I think that's all we really have to say about Dublin. The tip of the week this week is uh, about accommodation. Yeah, hostel bookers. We often use them and we find them really great because not only do you have a chance to look at the ratings, you can also read information about the different hostels that are on offer. We've been uh, working with them on this trip around the Balkans and uh, it's been great. They've like because they know their their inventory so well, they've been able to give us some good recommendations on where to stay. And I think we have stayed at some of the best hostels in the cities that we've been in. Yeah, notably, we just last week we stayed at Mikasa's Dukasa in Skodra, and it was it was an adventure. We met a lot of really cool people. We hung out with the owners. They cooked lunch and, and breakfast and everything. It was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. And one thing I've noticed people doing, and here's the tip is that if, you, uh, if you're on Twitter and you tweet and tell them where you're going and what you're after, I've noticed them tweeting back recommendations of places to stay. Brilliant. Yeah, so um, yeah, you can uh, go on and, and find the price range and the kind of review points that you're happy with, or you can use the, the lazy web and, uh, <laughs> and tweet at them, and uh, they've got some great recommendations. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.